Why, if it isn't our neighbors to the north, the Blood Elf, welcome to Stormwind. Thank you, King Ren. I was sent here on the behalf of Lorthamar. Ah, yes, that old rascal. To what do I owe the pleasure? Well, Your Majesty, things have been pretty rough in Silvermoon since the Sunwell exploded. Amani trolls have invaded the Ghostlands. Withered elves have been running amok in old Silvermoon. And there's a strand of blight literally running up the middle of our beloved home. We seek to find aid in joining the Alliance. Uh, that sounds dreadful. I wish we could help, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to decline your offer. But, Your Majesty, we've been neighbors for, and allies for years. Yes, I'm aware. We helped you in the Third War. We lost like 90% of our people helping you in the Third War. Well, that's true, but the Alliance already has elves. The Calderai, the people whose queen are literally responsible for breaking the continent in half. Why, that was eons ago. Plus, well, you have the whole addiction to magic thing. That just doesn't sit well with the Alliance's image. Excuse me, Your Majesty. I hate to interrupt this meeting, but it's important. Go ahead, missive. We just got a letter from Lady Whisperwind. She said that a sh giant ship from the stars just crashed near Darnisus. Oh my. Is everyone all right? Yes, there was minimum damage. It seems to have been filled with a race that is some sort of space goat. They call themselves Zerdunai. Well, send them an invitation to the Alliance immediately. They could use our aid, and we could use their space... Stuff. Wow. Oh, you're still here. Just wow. I have no words. Well, I'm sorry. We just can't have a bunch of magic-addicted junkies running around Stormwind. Okay, you know what? We're going to build a portal to Lorder on, and I'm going to become besties with Lady Windrunner. Oh, her. She did become leader of the Forsaken recently, didn't she? Yes, she did, and she's still one of us blood elves. I'm going to tell her that you're a douchebag, and I hope one day you're going to need help. The Burning Legion is going to be swarming you and your whole army, and she's going to turn her back on you. Good day, sir. Wow, she was angry. Well, you know, magic addiction mood swings. By the way, have we heard back from Gen Greymane? Yes, he wrote, yes, I'll join the Alliance. Oh, that's good. No, there's more. After that, he wrote in huge letters, over my son's dead body, ha ha ha. And then there was some bad drawing with you stink lines. That old rascal, I'll win him over someday. Hey baby, here's the game to call in. Backlogs growing at a long rates. Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Off he gamers. Kev will set you straight. Ha 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 ha! But Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production by RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show, and us, your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan. Not with me is my podcast partner in crime, Matt Mason, because he is still on vacation. I think he's home now. He's just doing stuff with his family. Uh, his extended family. He was on the road for a while. Um, I think he had visited Wheels at some point during the week. Uh, he has such interesting road trips. Um, but we are going on a road trip to uh, the Blasted Lands so that we can go to the Black Portal. Um, 
With me, I've got Robert Albright. I am still looking for my family jewels. <laughs> and Ryan Costa. Zug zug. And and of course me, uh, Kelly. Kelly Ryan, does anybody have a scrunch me? Scrunchy? Yeah, you heard me. Oh, good, good old-fashioned sillies. I miss some of them. We're talking about World of Warcraft, the Burning Crusade, their first expansion. I feel old. Came out 14 years ago. I was in the military. I had just got out of college. I was still in university. Wow, ra- range of ages here. <laughs> Well, I mean, military service, that doesn't say much for age. Eh, I mean, some people go in young, some people go in old. I, I never went because Dad told me it was a bad idea because he was in the Air Force. But Good old I, Air Force. I, yeah, I, I digress. Um, so nothing, ag- nothing actually against the Air Force. I, I was Navy. I re- you know, all military deserve respect, but as long as the joking isn't good fun, that is okay. See, if he was still alive, I would ask him what they, what Air Force people said about the Navy, because I'm sure everybody has everything. Um, but uh, oh, yeah. no, not talking about the military, talking about wow, the the virtual military. Uh, I, I'm horde for life, baby. And until they make a cat race and have it on the Alliance just to piss me off, I'm horde for life. I'm pretty much the same. I did play Alliance once or twice, but for some reason just gravitated more towards the horde starting areas. So I ended up sticking there and made some friends, played with some friends, and just mostly horde. I, I do have a, c- a couple of Alliance alts, particularly one that I do just to get like Alliance um, achievements and pets. But for the most part, I've I've played my blood elf the whole the whole game, and um, that blood elf is immortalized in my wedding cake along with my husband's Torin. So it's like, well, I can never race change that character. So, mm. T- Tammy, you never said what you played. Um, during Burning Crusade. I played a night elf warrior. Okay, so we do have some alliance representation. Yes. Okay. Because honestly, although I, I did play play uh, play a little bit of blood elf as well on the side, um, but for me it was all about the pretty races, baby. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Although what, I will say, I never danced on a mailbox. At least not oh, that. I I did just because all the other kids were doing it, and I wanted to be cool. But um, we'll we'll get into what because. Believe it or not, uh, Burning Crusades when I first started playing WoW. So we will get into why I rolled the cat class that I did and that sort of stuff later. But I think we're going to have a brief musical interlude. Then we're going to just come back and dive right in. So stick around.
Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are talking about World of Warcraft, the Burning Legion, released in North America and Europe. On Sorry, I'm going to do that a couple of times. Uh, World of Warcraft, the Burning Crusade, released in North America and Europe on December 5th, 2006. I remember very distinctly one of my co-workers, he was a huge WoW person at the time, was like, yeah, I... Uh, Stayed up till midnight so that I could watch uh, Blood Elves dance on the mailbox. Because apparently that was the first thing that they were doing was going over to Orgamar. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> so, um, the, their first expansion, uh, and this was pretty much when WoW became super popular. And they they have they put in the two new races, the Draenei for the Alliance and the Blood Elves for the Horde. And this also allowed them to basically put the other faction exclusive uh, classes on the other faction so you could roll a Draenei Shaman or a Blood Elf Paladin. And I don't know... I don't know what... I don't know what kind of controversy that caused because I wasn't playing at that time. Oh, there there was a lot of people who were pissed off about it. I mean, they gave in-game story reasons for why this was... But there were people who were pissed. Just because they liked that kind of faction exclusivity thing? Yeah. But at, at the same time, it also made some raids completely impossible for uh, one faction compared to the other. Mm, potentially, yeah. Uh, I will go and I will go. I will have stories about that separately. Okay. It's, I don't know. Being pissed about that just seems like cutting off your own nose to spite your face. But people, people did like having, you know, like oh, shaman was horde only, paladin was alliance only. You know, it gave some faction identity, basically. Yeah. I can um, but, see it from the point of view of if you've been playing from the beginning, you put in hundreds of hours and say you were you wanted to be uh, alliance all along, but you were a shaman and now now suddenly you could after playing as a orc shaman for the last hundred hours. I could see that bugging people. I was lucky enough to start with Burning Crusade as well, so I was able to pick any class right from the get-go. Yes. Yeah, pretty much the same here so um i, I don't know it just, it just seems like a, a weird hill to die on to me because in in modern wow now they are opening up classes to everybody um, warlock and, is next yeah yeah i'm finally gonna get my panda warlock um I, i'm hoping for pandar and paladin warlock which makes no sense lore wise no it doesn't but who cares <laughs> no i i am chomping at the bit if, if they open up Paladin to everybody so I can make a Pandaren Paladin called Pandadin. Might already exist, but I kind of want a... Uh, it's not a race. It's a combination of Death Knight and Paladin, I was going to say. But those are two different uh, classes. Ah, uh, gotcha. But but yeah, um, opening up classes to a whole new group of people... Um, if I remember correctly, they originally wanted Blood Elves to be part of the Alliance and then changed it. And they were also entertaining the notion of putting Pandaren and in this expansion, but decided to wait. As a part of the Pandaren issue was, um, A, Pandaren did start as an April Fool's joke. And yeah. B, this was when China had a lot more pool. So they, because mm -hmm. uh, China was one of their bigger markets at the time. So mm -hmm. 
they you know they did not want a panda the panda race because china china believes that anything that is part of china is the slow sole exclusivity of china yeah and there were rumors going around about well it's it's illegal in china to depict pandas in harm which turned out to be just uh urban legend and stuff like that but i'm glad that they waited but we'll have yeah, to wait. it made more sense when they that they waited um we'll have to get into that a, cu- a couple more years in the future i'll be here um, i'll hopefully be here um so we've got the two new races we've got the level cap going from 60 to 70 um with new spells unlocked after the level cap seven uh, how how daunting did that seven sixty to seventy hump seem? I didn't I find remember. it that bad because there was a lot for me to sink into. As someone who started with Burning Crusade, I found trying to go from fifty to sixty more time consuming and frustrating. Because with everyone in the new content, no one really wanted to help out during that time frame, and anyone playing alts would be lower leveled. So once you made it to the new Burning Crusade content, everything looked, despite the colors, bright and shiny. Not actually bright or shiny for a lot of the stuff in Burning Crusade, but uh, there was a lot of things that were just very interesting to dig into. I don't remember much of the level grind from 50 to 60, uh, or 60 to 70, only because of the fact I was... I was there. Uh, I knew. I I know. I took a little bit more time than some. I know people who rushed through it, of course, but I was in no big big rush. Oh yeah, there's always at least one guild member that uh, you know <coughs> spends the entire weekend uh, po- poop socks the whole grind to t- to be gross, and they're level seventy by what the monday after an expansion launches if not three days later um i'm the exact opposite i have i like to take my time and go slow and i like to look at things and read quest text and uh just kind of absorb the the new areas and kind of appreciate them a little bit um that'd be like i said because this was part of the normal gaming experience for me having started and burning crusade um i didn't do that this time around that was my experience for lich king um because you've got uh, i had this new continent to explore uh outland which is lore wise is the remains of drain that exploded um because i was a noob i thought that outland was just uh hellfire peninsula and that was it uh, not realizing that like no there was like three or what three or four other areas Six. Yeah, six. Total Um, six. So, you know, I I get... Oh, no, (laughs) sorry, seven. Seven. Ah, okay. Total. Sorry. A lot of the newer expansions have only had, like, four or five areas, so that's why I was a little bit confused. No, BFA had six. But, um... Yeah, yes. So go, going into Outland for the first time, I was like, oh, there's like a city and stuff here. Well, this is cool. And then realizing just how dangerous Outland was... Everyone died to the Fell Reaper at least once. Oh, that's a meme. That mm-hmm. became a meme. Um, to, to make getting around Outland easier, because I think I was even reading that they were trying to make it very expansive uh, for this reason, because um, flying mounts were introduced in this expansion at level 70. So once you get through all the stuff on foot, you're rewarded with the slow-ass flying mount. And if you wanted the good flying mount, you needed to come up with five grand. Yeah, five grand, which was a huge chunk of change back then. 
because I don't oh. think there were a lot in the way of daily quests back then, were there? Uh, there were, but I will go into that once uh, we get down to that. Okay. Um, you've got the new profession, jewel crafting, um, which which kind of makes sense given that they, they were socketable gems, but I think this kind of fleshed it out a little bit more. Uh, no, the, this uh, socketable gems was also new with jewel crafting. Oh, Okay. Oh, I was thinking Diablo. That's what it was. I I, I felt like um, ha- putting jewel crafting into the game was kind of a direct inspiration from the Diablo series, since that one has jewel crafting too. What I remember of jewel crafting is that that and enchanting were pretty much the only things that were crafting related that I remember making lots of money. If you were any of the other ones, you just kind of did it for fun more than for anything to actually help your help sell or anything like that yeah i know that's why um um, on my alts i did jewel crafting um though that was much later in the game uh i I miss how much money that could make you and then um we've got a new pvp battleground uh, the eye of the storm i think i only did eye of the storm uh once to get my um, long strange trip it's been and haven't touched it since. Yeah, so, yeah, Eye of the Storm was a weird combination of Capture the Flag and King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, and see, I remember it must have only been Eye of the Storm because that is all I remember of PvP, and then I've read up and I'm like, wait, there's like one-on-one, five-on-five type stuff. I'm like, no, no I that's need arenas. battlegrounds. Yeah, that's ar- arenas. Arenas yeah. were introduced in TBC. As well, yep. Uh, we had two arenas at the time. Um, I forget their names, but one was in the Grand and one was in Blades Edge Mountains. Ah, uh, okay. Which makes sense. Those would be the two areas I avoided most because I liked playing on PvE servers, mm-hmm. but not necessarily ones where you still couldn't get attacked by like PV- like you could still be attacked by other players walking around. So I tended to avoid areas where there'd be alliance ready to just kill my horde character. Uh, that that honestly didn't matter unless you were in uh, two one. So only with the arenas, it was only if you were in the arena did that happen. Actually, anyone could gank you in them. And then in uh, the Grand, it was only if you ever went to the one sort of city area in the center that was purposefully open world PvP. Hala. Thank you. Hala. Yeah, I was going to get into that because this game also introduced outdoor PvP areas that people would, um, you know, try to capture and defend. Um, and how long? Oh, go ahead. What'd you say? I was going to say, um, yeah, there in Hellfire Peninsula as well, and there was one in Zanger Marsh. Uh, they actually, oh, and there was also one in Terracar uh, Forest. Um, they would give like real world buffs. To the faction that owned the points, and I, I just remember Halal being a particularly annoying one because some quests took you there, and killing stuff in the Grand gave you uh, Halal tokens, um, and there was a quartermaster that you, you could spend that stuff there. And it would seem like it would be months before it would ever switch. It would ever flip, <laughs> because it it wasn't like how Winter Spring was, you know, where the, there was like a fight there every hour or anything. It was just a place that when PVPers thought it was interesting, they'd go and fight for it and flip it. And I was on an alliance heavy server, so I barely ever saw Hala open for Horde. 
And it was also particularly frustrating on holiday days um, where you have to, you know, get elder coins or get a candy bucket from that spot. So, yeah, I, I, I you unlocked a, a memory. I hated that area. Also because I was really bad about falling down that uh, chasm that surrounds it. I, and, sp- I spent a lot of time out in the Grand Killing Ogres. Yep, so did I. So um, that that's all of the new features. Um, nope. Um, so Burning Crusade was the first expansion that actually introduced daily quests as well. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if there were dailies, like, just a few dailies in the um, in vanilla, like, doing Argent Dawn stuff. Uh, th- those were not considered dailies at the time. Okay. Those were just, like, repeatable quests, but they weren't, like, daily. Yeah, you're talking about quests that they pop every day with a different thing to do. Yeah. Um, so some of them you're gathering reputation, and some of them, like, the cooking and fishing quests, you're just, like, getting recipes uh i don't know about cooking and fishing quests i don't think those were quite a thing yet in the game i don't think that happened until cataclysm well i I, there was a fishing one and i remember the fishing one because um i fished a lot to try to get those alligator pets because that was part of those um the cooking one i'm not 100 percent sure about i thought i thought there was a cooking excuse me daily I don't think I remember dailies really at all, personally, but I, um, I, they, just, I like doing instances. Yeah, so the dailies only came about if you were max level, and generally you did have to have flying to unlock many of them. Um, some of they did roll, so there were only a very few to start with, um, specifically with um, your faction out in the Hellfire Peninsula, because um, this was this was kind of how you gained reputation. Yeah. Uh, let's see what um, Sporagar. Um, over time, they did add more, so they added like Ogre uh, Law out in Bladesed Mountains. Uh, oh, there was also the Druid faction as well. That was out. Oh, Scenarian Circle. Uh, was it Scenarian Circle or? It was Scenarian something. Yeah, it was Scenarian something. I re- I remember that much. Um, uh, they also eventually added the ones. Uh, I don't remember. I I sadly like so many. There's so many different factions in the game. Remembering every single faction, but there was the one specific to Terracar Forest that had the uh, Nether Rays as mounts. Oh, the sky. Sky Reavers, I want to say. Or something uh, like that. So, the, something, yeah. Um, then there was the the uh, Nether Drakes. Yep, I remember that one. And to unlock that one, you actually had to have the 5,000 gene flying. Oh, yeah. Because I was, like, selling stuff and saving stuff for months. And then I think I ended up uh, buying some gold to get, like, the last thousand that I needed. And then, let's see... Uh, they're tied with the factions, I think, because I I would start doing faction stuff and then realize that it just seemed like you'd have to stick with that faction for a very long time. And at least in Burning Crusade and how it felt to me, those uh, factions, like you'd go into, say, Zangermarsh to the Sporagar quests, and then suddenly, like, I'm now level 67. I don't need to be in here anymore. I need to move elsewhere. Why am I going back to do dailies for Sporagar if I'm past? So I just... um, so a lot of that had to do with if you were raiding, because um, there were certain recipes that you could only get. And and this is still holds true to today. There's only certain recipes that 
um, you can get from having max rank with different factions. Sometime, and uh, Burning Crusade still had ammo, um, and one of the best ammos for uh, hunters came from a faction reward. Um, and then on top of that, uh, there were like shoulder, shoulder and leg enchants. Those were faction-based as well. So people would actually do specific factions to unlock these rewards so they could raid efficiently. Um, it was Shatari Skyguard is what it was, by the way. I, f- I finally pulled up a reputation guide uh, for the Burning Crusade. So it was a Sonorian expedition um, that was the Druid one. And then Honor Hold slash Thrallbar um, for Hellfire Peninsula. Uh, Kuranai the Bagar, those were the ogre ones. I think where you had to get the ogre beads from killing things. Or yeah, the obsidian war beads, mm-hmm. um, which was a pain to try to bring up or um, or try to go farm uh the netherwing the ones that give you the nether uh the netherwing drakes that that was a huge quest thing that you had to go through i think it took me months to get through that um ogre law i never did that was the peaceful ogres i don't know did you guys do uh ogre law i don't i i i I know i've done it i don't um because i remember being out there collecting those crystals and stuff i don't know if i i think i've managed to exalt it uh let me see if i can pull up my character Uh, i did basic parts of the quests for a lot of them but not really too far i mostly stuck around the same kind of like path and the ones i reached i, I really like doing like uh, heroic instances so once we uh once i hit level 70 it was mostly just heroic instances to see if i can get the uh, new uh, rare gear ah uh, okay and and that was the thing in this expansion too specific dungeons um had reputation grinds where pretty much whatever you killed in the dungeon would give you uh reputation um so like a lot of the zangermarsh ones would give you sporegar or uh scenarian circle right expedition. Uh, expedition sorry um what else i'm just looking at the list here uh the consortium the group of ethereal traders um the nether storm dungeons would give you reputations for that so uh, uh, no, not, uh no it wasn't the nether storm dungeons it was actually akanai crypts okay my bad this is why i'm here people because i remember this random ass crap and i hadn't played this expansion in 14 years so i'm gonna mess some stuff up yeah um, um there was uh let's see yeah there was actually only one dungeon that gave the rep for them actually it was um man i want to say it was mana tombs yeah, only mana- no no not sporegar um actually sporegar uh you could get a uh, reputation in slave pens was it slave pens no um, it says underbog underbog thank you uh, um, but you could yeah. collect the hibiscuses during the run and turn those in, and that gave a good amount of rep. But yeah, only mana tombs gave rep with the uh, ethereals. Otherwise, you got uh, lower city rep in the rest. Uh, I've been digging around the instances. Uh, mana tomb says consortium. Yeah, consortium was the ethereals. Oh, it was the ethereal one? Okay. Yeah. It's the Ethereal Consortium. <laughs> and then the main city, Shatterath, had like four expan- uh, four reputations to do because there was Lower oh. City, mm-hmm. um, Skyguard, uh, Shattered Sun Offensive, um, the well, Ultra, the, Shatter- the, oh, the, 
the Shattered Sun Offensive was actually the Isle of Quelfa Lost rep. It started okay. in Shatratha. Right. Um, and then you had the Alder and the Scryers, which you had to pick one. Um, you had to turn in like different marks depending on which one you picked. And I don't remember what the rewards were for picking one versus the other, other than re- different recipes. Yeah, it was towards the end. Basic it was basically for different recipes. And... If I remember right, the colors they used for the alders and scryers always made me pick scryers because it was closer to the horde colors, and I didn't want to feel like I was a traitor by picking alliance colors to back. A I, lot of people did that. I think I, the one I picked was the one that their little area um, was a lot lower because Shatterath was a very tiered city, and you had to ride an elevator to get to the alder and the scryers as little layers. And one of them you could jump off of and survive, and the other one you couldn't. So I picked the one that you could, and I want to say it was uh, Scryers. Scryers. Yeah. So yeah, my my whole reason was convenience. That's part of the reason for a lot of of, uh, things I find in uh, Burning Burning Crusade and World of Warcraft in itself is once you know where you're going, you run an alt through the same areas. It's a lot harder to explore unless you're actively trying to gain the new uh, stories and new quest lines, stuff like that. So you have, you just end up going through the same quest sometimes because you already know how to complete them all quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, so the Shatari Skyguard, I feel like was the first set of uh, daily quests that you could get really good money from. Because I think by the time they they nerfed it for the Witch Witch King patch, I had like an ungodly amount of money. Um, well, I think uh, well part of it wasn't so much you could I mean you could get a lot of money doing any your dailies by doing all your dailies. The Shatari Skyguard just made it convenient because there were so many in one single place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was more what made that easy. And I feel like that was kind of their model going forward, uh, as far as as rep grinds go, Um, because that's pretty much all of what uh, Lich King Endgame was. It seemed was dailies. It it felt like there was a dozen different factions there, and the the bones of it kind of got started here. Um, While digging around, uh, just bumping back to you mentioning flying, I forgot druids have flight form. Yep. So that makes, like, just the amount of time I remember it took to grind to the 5,000 gold to figure out that there was a class that could just easily fly itself. Yeah, and I believe they would get flight form at 68. Well, with with that, um, if they had the 5,000 gold, though, for the epic flight, they actually could get a quest to get a much, um, a spiffier flight form, Mm -hmm. which was Um, the whole deal. Yeah, it looked a little more like whatever you you were at the time, either a night elf or a tauren. Speaking of spiffier mount forms, at least for me, uh, Burning Crusade felt like the height of rare drops inside instances to get the, this is the only time you can have this mount, is if you get the 0.1% chance of this drop coming from it. I mean, yeah, the, there were a lot of mounts that dropped. Now, um, I mean, the, now the first one that was actually uh, in uh, Classic, but that... The, but the, it was the Stratholm one, wasn't it? Yes, it was okay. uh, Baron Revendare's mount. Okay. Uh, but I think it was, uh, like, my guess would be the popularity of that one led to, like, it felt like there was 20 of them in Burning Crusade. 
Oh, I, so many. The, the one I remember distinctly was the uh, one that you had to have a druid in your party to even have a chance at it showing up. Mm. That was yeah. related to the 5,000 gold um, flight form quest. Okay. And then later they made that particular mount a uh, collector's edition one for region. No. I, are you sure? Yes. Or was it Draenor that they made that no. collector? It is still a unique mount uh, from that dungeon off of that boss, because that boss is now in the heroic version of that dungeon regardless. Uh, it is... Um, it, they have reused that model, though, for the um, for a different mount, which is a flaming red uh, bird. It is a similar bone structure model to the one you're thinking of, though. Well, I mean, yeah, it's. I wasn't saying it was exactly the oh. same. I was just saying that it, it was a very similar design um yeah, it, that, they that was the same a, bone structure just made it bigger it was they they made it bigger and they made it a little bit more decorated than the one because i was like oh i wanted this mount for years and now i have it as a collector's one cool but it um, is I, still counted as different mounts yeah for, for me it was close enough <laughs> i actually have the flaming i actually have the flaming bird one i, I do too um I don't remember its exact. It's not a flaming bird one, but uh, was a hawkstrider mount. It dropped from Kalthus. Is a swift white hawkstrider. It's the only rare drop I got in the game. Um, that, that would be from Magister's Terrace, I believe. Hero- Heroic Magister's Terrace. I was so confused when it first dropped because it's just like you don't, you don't, you never expect it, even if you're hunting for it sometimes. Uh, I have gotten locked out of that instance for days trying to r- run it too quick, and it's like you've done too many instances. Oh, you like, just have to you just have to wait like an hour. I know it's still annoying. Yeah. Uh, um, I have the one off of Ottoman. Which one was that? Uh, it is a red demon horse. I have I have a lot of mounts. Ottoman the hunter. Mount. Oh, that one, the one from Kara. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's impressive or not, given that I got it long after the fact, but I do have the Ashes of Alar that drops from uh, Catholis and Temp- is it Tempest Keep? Yeah, Tempest Keep. Yeah. Uh, I, I do not have that one yet. I, I just got really lucky with a drop one day and was like, holy crap. Well, there goes all of my luck for the year. And I think that's one of the only uber rare ones that I have like that because I've farmed uh, Arthas for years and had, have not had Invincible drop. Funny story involving drops. Uh, I still remember like this just has to do with starting the game up i got my first uh orange at level 30 i remember messaging my friend the first time i got a tiger's eye because i thought that was rare and i just i was so excited like i love loot drops from other games like diablo so much that in a game where there's hundreds of us running around getting something rare feels like feels awesome and then going into each instance and then every time, like the thrill of uh, the roll of the dice to see if you win, if you uh, try going for something, at least till that first time someone steals and it's like, I'm not even that, I can't even equip this, haha, and runs off. It's just so much fun. And that's why you roll Hunter, because everything's Hunter loot. Well, back then, yeah. not so much now. <laughs> I, I was never like that, but boy, I loved that joke back in the day. I'll even say that one to this very day, like, oh, can I have that? It's Hunter loot. Um, I always felt bad for hunters because they needed so much more gear than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, that was how I kind of got my first toxic player experience. 
well, let me roll that back a little bit. <laughs> so they, that this particular expansion had a bunch of group quests where you needed five people. And, you know, we were, we were called screaming in uh, general, you know, looking for group to do said quest. And it's like, the, my, I was a hunter, my husband was a hunter, and that's all we would get that would apply for, was hunters. Never anybody else, just hunters. And I got to thinking, like, okay, well, we can try to do this with five people, we'll just let a pet tank. Oh, lovely, that didn't... So a lot of five-man quests in uh, TPC that, at least in my quest log, just kind of went empty for that reason. And then my one of my first toxic player experiences was uh, getting in a group and then being told, well, I don't want to have to compete with other hunters for loot. And I'm like, I, I'm just here to run dungeons. And and I, I, I we got to the end of the dungeon and there was something... And I somehow convinced the guy that I I wasn't going to roll for it and then some convinced him that I was going to roll for it. I think I said, look, I'll give you a thousand gold if you let me have a roll at it. Okay, fine. And then I won the roll. And then as I was leaving the dungeon, I just heard him whining, er, whining in chat about she took my loot even though you know we had made a deal you know that that kind of stuff it was it was very irritating put it that way uh, by the time burning crusade stuff came out i think i avoided some of that aspect because it was about level 50 that i had realized that being dps like there was always dps around so i had changed my uh troll shadow priest that i or troll priest that priest that i played to to a healer as well so i healed the whole way through burning crusade and since i was competent at it no one really had bad things to say because everyone always is looking for a healer unfortunately i've never really been coordinated enough to do to do healing or um major healing or tanking stuff um i i don't have very good timing to be honest and i get kind of sidetracked so um i didn't really do a lot of that uh much to my I, I just like DPS because I like sitting in the back of the raid and hit it, hitting the button until things die. And maybe running out of the poop. Mm. That, that's my play style. It doesn't get me in a lot of raids, but it also kind of keeps the stress out of my game a little bit. Because I, I get stressed out too much. Yeah. Um, I, I remember we tried to do Kara um, after we all hit level 80. And we're trying to do some of the weird mechanics in Kara. And... I, it, it felt like I was playing a shoot 'em up. It's like I have to keep track of all this stuff, and I just, my brain is handling all of these functions. And I think it was that daunting aspect. And I never really liked look like I was the type of person that if I went into an instance or a raid or something, I would f figure out the mechanics as I went. And in an instance, you can get away with that because there's only like, okay, you learn the mechanics before anyone really dies. In a raid, you have to know everything. It's almost like you're doing it. It felt like anyway, you needed to do like an hour or two of homework to be able to competently try figuring like i'm going to try the raid now and while i was com uh, confident in myself as a healer i didn't want to spend that extra two hours to learn how to i have to move from this spot to this spot while constantly moving in a zigzag pattern to also keep healing i it just seemed like too much to juggle and similar to what you were saying there mm -hmm. just more stress than it needed to be and with by the time i reached 70 and i felt like i was 
running out of things to do is when heroic instances came up and there was a lot of ones that I missed out on going from 60 to 70 because, you know, I didn't go to uh, Netherstorm or, sorry, Blades Edge Mountains even. And then I'll be like, oh, there were instances there? Awesome. Let me check them out now that I can go as a, like the heroic versions. Well, Blades Edge Mountain only had a raid. Uh, which, which raid was it? Girl's Lair. Uh, oh, right. right. I was, right, uh, was that one of the ones that had 10 and 25 man versions or is... Uh, 10 and 25 man versions did not come into play until Lich King. Okay. So, so um, there were some, so... Um, some raids in uh, Burning Crusade were only for 10 men. Some raids were only for 25 men, which made it hard for a lot of lower-end guilds to do because they couldn't field 25-man raid teams. Mm. And my my raid, my my guild kept running into the issue where we would, you know, get people in, we'd get them geared, we would be running content to get them geared, and then because we're still stuck in this content because we can't get enough people, we'd lose them. To bigger guilds, of course, because even though overall we were good players, we couldn't keep gathering enough people to move on to the 25-man rates. And yeah, some some of that guild politics stuff is why I've never done high-end rating, because I think at that point it gets turned into kind of a second job. And I I don't know. It sucks so bad. By the way, I was guild leader. (laughs) It, it sounds like it This sucks. is why I will not state who my character was and what server I was on at that time. Although some people probably may remember like my actual name name um, is because of the fact that I was the guild leader of the guild that I was in on the server at that time. Oh, and, and it sounds like it sucks for all people involved because... You know, you, you, you're paying your $15 a month to basically play something, to basically enjoy yourself, and instead you've got to deal with the politics of a guild. And, you know, you'd be really lucky in getting a good guild where everybody has a sports, is a good sport and has a good time. But more than likely, you're going to get in a guild with a bunch of pricks that all they want to do is just st- steal loot and fight. Yeah, yeah which, is why, which is why I enjoy the uh, FC that I hang out with in uh, Final Fantasy XIV a little more. Is mm-hmm. most of the time is just like on our on the Discord for it is like we're mostly just making fun of each other, <laughs> and and Florida people. And un- unfortunately, I cannot get into what actually made dungeons fun for me because that doesn't happen until the next expansion. But the, the dungeons, as they were in Burning Crusade, weren't very fun with me for me because I didn't have a group that was big enough that could run them so it was all pugging and i would just pug end up pugging with complete assholes and it, it kind of soured me on the experience and it's why even to this day i don't really do a lot of group content well um at least not a lot of group content that's not automated but we will get into that in another expansion um but but I enjoyed all the solo stuff, you know. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the story quests in uh, TBC, mainly because I was trying to, you know, get to level 70 so that I could uh, get my epic, get my flying mount, and then get my epic flying mount. So I just kind of blew through quests. And in TBC, it seemed like... It seemed like the the mo was to just go to an area, get all, get as fill your log as much as possible, do them all at once, and then turn them all in at once. So, um, so here here's how story worked in early World of Warcraft, and this still applied to Burning Crusade. Is 
you have a zone story. Mm-hmm. That is it. There, there was no really overarching story. So Hellfire, so Hellfire Peninsula, you're breaching the gates and you're going after Illidan. Zanger Marsh, you're trying to figure out why the water is draining. Blades Edge Mountains, you're trying to figure out who's killing the Black Dragonflight that escaped that escaped to the Outlands or that were left there after the Second War. Um, because that's a whole thing during the Second War, too. Netherstorm, you're trying to figure out why the land is breaking apart with with someone sucking the Aether out of the land. Talador, you're basically hunting ogres. Mm. Terracard Forests, I, I, I don't even know what Terracard Far- Forests had a story, and it's not even... Wait, you said you said Talador. Don't you mean Negrand? Negrand, yes, Talador. Sorry, I played Alliance. Talador was the city for the Alliance. I'm, okay. I'm legit. <laughs> well, I I got confused because I thought Taldor was a place in uh crap. What was it? Warlords of Draenor. It, well, I mean, Warlords of Draenor took place. In- yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm I'm still good. Um, and Shadow and Shadow Moon Valley, you were just um trying to breach the Black Temple. I mean, there like there were a bunch of little stories in all those zones, but. There was no, like, cohesive story throughout everything. Mm-hmm. They didn't finally really get a good cohesive story going until Legion. Yeah, yeah, because Legion definitely had story quests, like like in 14 with the, um, well, you know, I'm it saying... Still- it's still, it was still zone-specific, but there was at least somewhat of an overarching thing going on. Uh, I, I wouldn't even say Warlord... Like, they tried with Warlords of Dranor, but it didn't... It, did, it still kept it fairly thing honestly the best one that has an overarching zone story is bfa i'm not saying it's good but they do <laughs> no you know you're right um and i and bfa i think was where they first started to realize that they had competition in another game mm-hmm. oh and outland was definitely more these the scattershot quest design uh later in lich king and we'll get into this more during that show but later in lich king they kind of dialed that back a little bit and it was like okay you're gonna do three quests and then get a breadcrumb to go over here and then you're gonna do three quests there and then get a breadcrumb to go over here and it kind of moved you through the zone in a lot more of a logical way than what tpc did do you guys agree with that oh totally yeah um so there, there is something satisfying when you're ro- running a new alt and you know, just do all the quests all at once and then turn them in all at once and just get that fat stack of EXP. Mm. But um, it, it doesn't, unfortunately, doing it like that, that doesn't make it a very cohesive story. And my God, some of those quests and uh, some of those zones are annoying. Like where you have to pick up uh, airship parts in uh, Hellfire Peninsula, and it seems like those airship parts are like scattered all the way across the zone. Mm-hmm. I, I remember ha- that quest. And then having to get like bones from a specific vulture that it seems like only spawns in three places. Well, so um, Burning Crusade had the same type of mob um, mob dispersion as. Uh, classic did is that um, yes, things would spawn in a specific area, but it would rotate spawns with the other things that could spawn in that area as well. 
Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the one diff- one of the difference, and this this is actually a backlog, uh, uh, a feature, a gameplay feature, but it was it wasn't um, it was in the patch notes and whatnot. But it's not like one of the selling point features was the more stuff that died in a quick fashion, the faster the response would be. Mm-hmm. See, I thought that they didn't implement that until the Lich King because it seemed like there were areas that where stuff was spawning so fast that you couldn't. Uh, get out of the area no they actually first introduced that in the burning crusade okay gotcha um i was reading that uh when they first opened the expansion that blades edge mountains or not blades edge i'm sorry wherever the dark portal was and i said it earlier now hellfire peninsula Peninsula, but the place in the old world where the black blasted lands yeah the blasted lands um was just a uh, lag fest because of all the people trying to get into the dark portal all at once. And then Hellfire Peninsula um, was the same thing, just people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yes. this this is why, to this day, they try to funnel people into to different uh, starting areas in a new area, depending on the game. Uh, they they did that for a while until Mist of Pandaria, where you were in the same area, Jade Forest, but just on opposite sides. Uh, well, I mean, Shadowlands too. Shadowlands, you didn't have a choice. It was all one area. Yeah, but but by that time, people weren't playing as nearly as much, or they didn't have nearly as many people players. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what that's what I was saying. Because um, um, bear in mind, this is like starting to become the peak of wow popularity and and also Sh- Shatterath because that was the hangout spot was just laggy as hell i didn't notice it as much at Shatterath, but definitely making it to the outlands and being in the blasted lands i remember a lot of slowdowns especially like directly beside the portal mm-hmm. so i remember having because uh, even all the mobs would be dead around there so you'd have to kind of branch out and go to the corners to see if anyone had left any of the mobs alive for you to take down for quests. Yeah. It was always fun having to wait in line. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind as much for Hellfire because that happened to be one of my favorite zones just because for some reason my favorite before uh, World Warcraft was the Dark Portal and almost everything I remember from Dark Portal including storyline stuff characters were all mentioned in hellfire peninsula i think it was the same area pretty much so it was just kind of like reliving stuff from my old rts roots with the franchise um if you're talking tides of darkness then yes if if you're talking about the one where they actually went through the portal then yes Uh, yeah unfortunately i played these in reverse i played uh the rts after i played a little bit of wow and was cracking up at how different all the characters looked. I was the person that, like, digging into every little bit of lore. Like, it uh, took me a few minutes tonight, but I found Shadowmoon Valley I enjoyed because there was a vision of Gul'dan there that I just, like, must talk to Gul'dan. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm a lore nerd, too. Like, I, I will get on the wiki and just pick a page and s- start reading and just see where I end up. Mm. Um and when I'm my first time through an expansion, I will take the time to, you know, read read all the quest texts and uh, read the books that are hidden away and try to just get suck in as much lore as I can. Um, second playthrough, however, I'm I'm speed running it because at that point I've seen everything. Mm. I don't know if you guys are the same. 
I made the mistake of I would be the person that would love reading the quest text, but I was the person that started playing at Burning Crusade with friends that were at level 63 when I was at level one. So trying to get them to help me while also saying, can you wait five minutes while I read this? just wasn't possible. So I had to skip quests so I can keep up with everybody. And that included doing group quests or if I was in an instance where something was being handed in, like, I'm going to read this. And then suddenly, like, the healer's letting us die. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm trying to read. Yeah, I I had that issue in Final Fantasy fourteen as well. I'm, I'm sitting there watching the cutscene and then the cutscene's over and like, oh, they, they all killed Ultima without me. But that was one specific dungeon in fourteen, <laughs> and they know, and that's no longer an issue because you can't skip those cutscenes now. Good, because those were good cutscenes. Uh, it, it it's annoying, especially when you have a group of four people, because they've now changed that to four man content. Um, when you have a group of four who've done it fifty thousand times, and it's like, come on, just let us skip. We've all seen this. Yeah. Allow, the- uh, allow groups that have allow full groups that. Have fully completed the content, skip the cutscene. That's my take. But anyways. Uh, you get an achievement for something, you should be able to skip making, uh, doing this achievement a second time with that same character. Well, it was because, as she said, you'd have like seven people who done it all before and skip everything. And you'd have one person who is not. So the one person is trying to watch everything and the other seven are rushing through the content. Yeah. That was how it originally was. So yeah. they made it so no one could skip it. So speaking of the lore, um, I, I know that this kind of branches off off of some of the stuff that was in uh, what was it, Frozen Throne and Reign of Chaos, um, Warcraft uh, Three. Yes, because um, in Warcraft Three, that's when um, specifically uh, Frozen Throne. Okay, because that that's when Illidan gets let out of his prison after uh, what ten thousand years. And yes. then does some does some burning legion stuff, gets in a fight with Arthas and loses, and then just kind of goes away. And then this when he comes back, he he basically escaped through the portal back to Outlands to you know try and consolidate his power. And his loss to Arthas kind of uh, kind of screwed with his brain a little bit. Right, right. Which um, is why when you fight him and the Black Temple. He's talking about, oh, you know, I defeated Arthur. It's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. We all saw it. <laughs> but but then you find out later, well, he, he was like preparing something else to fight a bigger legion several years later because he's training demon hunters, yeah, just, right? <laughs> yeah, just eh. the, the lore and world of Warcraft does not matter. The, uh, the, I, that retcon just cracked me up, though. And part of it was because people complained that... Um, they kind of used up Illidan, Illidan too soon. I, I mean, they kind of did. He, well, yeah, because he was like in what? You, what raid did you say he was in? He was Black really. Temple. Um, wh- what raid was that in the order of release? Um, let's see. So it went Karazhan, Magtheridon, Grohl, then Sherpent, Serpent Shrine Cavern. Serpent Shrine Cavern and Tempest Keep were at the same time because they shared tier sets. Then came Sunwell Plateau. No, not Sunwell Plateau. Um, Sunwell World Plateau Tree. was the Mount Hygel. Mount Hygel. Yeah, that Ma- was it. Then Mount Hygel came out, and that's the one where you're going going into the past and fighting the fight at the end of Rain, uh, Warcraft Three: Reign of Chaos. Mm-hmm. And then Black Temple came out, and then right. Sunwell Plateau. Okay. Yeah, because I know I knew Sunwell Plateau was last. Yeah. Although Sunwell Plateau, you did you defeated 
kill Jaden, but you did not kill kill Jaden. Right. You just banished him. So they kind of learned their lesson about what happened with with um. Although I mean, at the end of Black Temple, I mean, it, yeah, it's not really clear if you he was killed or if he was captured by Maev at the end of Black Temple when you do it. I think that they said that he was captured because of them bringing him back to Legion later. Well, that's what they said in Legion, but I can't remember what actually happened in Black Temple, because I did not see that content, because I was not in a 25-man guild. And I didn't see a lot of that content until they added uh, mini pets to those dungeons so that you could um, go back and solo them. That was pretty much my motivation for going to do most of that content after the fact was uh, collecting mini pets because that's what I do. Wanting to see what these instances and raids looked like way after the fact was always frustrating for me because until like I played Cataclysm, my Shadow Priest turned into a Holy Priest later on, but I stayed healer the whole way through. And you have to be a lot higher level to solo some of the stuff as a Holy Priest. Mm-hmm. So it just irked me. Like, I just want to see what this is like. Yeah, they've made changes to that now where that's not as big a deal. But that's, of course, you know, going back to it now versus then. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the order of uh, raids. Um Still, I mean, the story, you're you're not playing WoW for the story. Story was what sucked a lot of people into WoW, but it's not a selling point of WoW. Yeah, I I feel like in the the first two expansions, the the story, the overall story of the expansion was kind of weak. And then they reined that in a little bit with... uh, with Lich King and started ha- having it be a more cohesive s- story with m- multiple parts that leads up to something big and stuff like that. Yeah, oh. but I mean, it, but then, but then even Cataclysm didn't do a good job with it either. It depended because C- Cataclysm also had that bugbear of you know redoing all the old world quests too, and right. a lot of the a lot of those old world quests that they redid were pretty awesome. That is uh, true. I will, yeah, but it still it still went back to each zone having its own sort of yeah. individual story. It's yeah. still there. They still never did something really cohesive. Um, it, like they touched on it in Mists, and they kind of touched on it with Warlords of Draenor. But the first one that actually had something like truly, truly cohesive was Legion. Mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, BFA. BFA was the one. Like, there was some overarchingness to Legion, but it wasn't quite as prominent. But, like, all of BFA, if you finish all of one side's quests or all of one the other side's quests, there was a lot of, you know, you saw, like, the culmination of you doing all those zones. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, but yeah, so that's kind of, so unfortunately, like, plot for TBC, I'm not going on to go on a two-hour rant about because I'd be here way longer just trying to remember every single little detail of each zone because, you know, you have sort of an overarching zone one, and then you'd have these little just things here and there that were just, like, small little bits that were just contained for that small little bit. It's like, no, I'm not going to remember all this random crap. And and I have to admit, what I like about WoW is those little like kind of one-off quests that don't lead to anything but are kind of charming oh yeah uh, no i like them too it's just they're you know it's just not important plot wise yeah um i i mean they were technically poop quests in the old world too but this this expansion kind of started the trend of the poop quest that 
depending on who you talk to, was either still found it really funny or just thought it was immature and stupid. I was the immature and stupid one, especially the Fell Hunter poop quest in Hellfire Peninsula. <laughs> I thought it was somewhat funny. Um, um, you also had to pick up uh, Bog Giant poop in Zangar Marsh. And uh, Talbuck Tolbuck poop in the Grand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was one in Terracar Fars, but I don't remember the specifics of it. Well, for me, anyway, what's the overarching uh, story did lack a little bit in uh, Burning Crusade, but maybe it's just my first experience with an MMO aspect. I found each layout of every instance and like every almost every single like boss fought in those instances had its own lore to tell, even just with like where they were standing within this area, the way the maps are laid out. I I remember or I remember. Uh, all you need to do is look at the title for some of these instances, and I still remember the map layouts, while I might not remember Classic or Lich King as much. It, was just, it seemed like every single one, at least to me, of Burning Crusades instances were memorable in their own way. I, I forgot. At, at around this time, did the instances not have maps? Um, no, they had maps. Okay. I honestly thought that they didn't add maps to the... No, or was that Raids? I, I might be mistaken. I, I thought that uh, a lot of the older instances didn't have a dedicated map. The, now, part of what I mean by map isn't necessarily being able to bring up a map and easily follow it, because there were a couple in Ramparts... Like or in the Hellfire Peninsula, I don't. Th- Hellfire Ramparts is the first one, so I don't think it was that. But there's one, possibly Shattered Halls, that is multi-layered, and it was kind of an up and down type of instance. So when you brought up the map, it just looked like a small area, but you're actually moving around a lot. No, it wasn't it Shattered. Did- ha- no, it wasn't Shattered Halls. Ramparts had that. Oh, Ram- no, was Ramparts that was that? Yeah, yeah, Ramparts had that. Uh, Shattered Halls was mostly one big line, except when you had to jump down into the sewers. Okay, yeah. I was getting the two mixed up. Okay. But, uh, yeah, just uh, moving around, like, the end of Hellfire Ramparts, where you fate, like, for me anyway, it was the first fight I remember against a flying enemy, like the dragon. Yeah, yeah, that, that was Ramparts. And so it was just, like, that's what sunk me into, wow, is just the way everything was laid out seemed like it was very very carefully planned even if the story leading up to it didn't make much sense which is why it bugged me whenever i saw any of the characters from warcraft 2 it's being like oh i remember some lore about this character and then suddenly find out they're like you know an instance boss where they just go grr i'm gonna kill you like really couldn't give more than grr um I'm glad you said flying boss because you just unlocked a memory for me ryan uh we had bombing runs for the uh, first time in uh, TBC. Yes. Yeah. I, did you guys like bombing quests? Yeah. Uh, um, depends if I was trying to go for the achievement where you had to do it so fast. Mm. But I think that was added later. Yeah. There was something you had. There was one where you had to do it within like a certain time limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a um, Chitari Skyguard one because most, uh, most of the ones I remember were timed like. On, on rails almost it felt like yeah yeah but I, I mean at the time you know now we're sick of them because 
that that they do have went to that well numerous times but at the time it was like oh my god this is so cool i'm flying on a wyvern and bombing these areas and just reducing these high level elite enemies to rubble and at the time it made it made at least me feel uh, actually powerful to take on some of those things i think that uh because you're right at, there are bombing runs throughout the entire like every other expansion the only ones i remember are from burning crusade particularly like that getting rid of those fell reapers or fell uh, something I, i'm not sure if you went and bombed the d fell reaver the the welcome fell reaver that everybody remembers but i do know that it, there was a so that uh, the fell reaver is no longer even needed in the game it was originally part of the a quest line that you had to kill a specific mob outside of Black Temple to get a drop that allowed you to create the key that would allow you to get into Karazhan. Oh, I forgot about attunement stuff. Uh, didn't they do that in Hellfire Peninsula somewhere too, where you had to get a drop to unlock one of the instances? Uh, that I don't remember. Uh, but uh, wait, what, what's that mount from? Sorry, I have this. I'm, I'm looking at my mount list from my from my character sheet, and I have one that I don't recognize. Anyways. I have no memory of getting this mount. Exactly! It's a cool-looking mount, though. It's like a snow bear. But anyways. Um, so, yeah. the, the uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you had to get that to get into sh um, Shattered Halls, I believe. Because there, there was something where you had to get a key to unlock the door to get into Shattered Halls. Which, may, I might be mistaken here, but I thought something along those lines, it got, like, it used to be a rarer drop. They had to make it very easy to find. It was like a quest reward after a while. But I remember for a little bit, there was something where it's like, who wants to run this instance? But no one could run it because it's not everyone had the key to get into it. Yeah, it shatters, uh, Shattered Halls. Yep. Yeah, Shattered Halls was one such thing. Um, now, do you guys miss that? Hell no. Okay. I, I hear people that say that they miss stuff like att attunement quests and having to do a bunch of stuff to get in, to even get into a dungeon. And I, I mean, I understand why people miss it because having attunement quests meant that the person could potentially be competent enough to do those do the content hey i so i understand the reason why i don't miss it because it was more stuff you had to keep track of and as a person who played all of classic and had every single attunement item i had onyxia's necklace i had the mark to get into blackwing lair i had i've i ran and clicked the thing to have the attunement to get into molten core i had the key to Strathholm. I had the key for... Oops, did Ubers have a key? No. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to remember all the different keys I had. I had the Scarlet key. I had, I, I had the key for everything. I do not miss it in the least. I, I feel like the one benefit that it could have had is that if those quests had interesting stories attached to them, that people would probably miss doing those. The one for Onyx's Lair was actually really good, but that's classic. Yeah. Because that—that's the thing. I don't mind repeating stuff if the if the playstyle of the quest or the quest itself is a really fun quest. If it's something that's that's like tedious, no, I don't want to do it again. But if it's something that that's just has really, I don't know, has like a really neat cutscene tied to it, or um, yeah, you you know what I'm talking about. So I can see why people I can I can see why people miss it from that aspect. But at the same time, I, I felt like that stuff could be a, a very gatekeepy way back then. 
like literally gatekeepy. Oh, it was. <laughs> and there's already enough stuff that does a form of gatekeeping in this game. You're not high enough level. You're too high of a level to enjoy in some cases. Like we didn't need to keep adding more. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, some uh, of them are player based gatekeeping too, which which I think is bullshit. But yeah, uh, it wasn't new to Burning Crusade, but I like how much time it got. Ended up being one of my favorite races that you couldn't play as the Arakoras, the bird people mm-hmm. that are in Terracar ter- uh, Forest. I loved every instance with them. I loved seeing that race overall. Did you guys have any uh, particular race that from here where you're just like you're just happy to see them again? Well, that's kind of getting roundtable-y. I mean, we can we can talk about it now because uh, okay. I don't I don't think I have that question in there. I, it's more about like your mains and stuff like that, mains and favorite areas and stuff like that. But um, no, I I did like the Arakoa. Um, I. I my husband had to point out to me that they look just like the Skeksis from uh, uh, the Dark Crystal. And yeah. once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And then it was also pointed out, like, well, technically D&D did that first with uh, their bird race. And um, Either way, I, I like those models and I c- kind of like just how primitive they look. Um, so, so then later when you go into Draenor and see that they were once proud, majestic birds that got cursed, it, it makes it even worse. But in a fun way um i love the ethereal traders i thought that those people had a really cool design yeah the ethereals are cool and because they never had fun drops at least for me i hated going because of you fight them quite a bit the void walkers and void wraiths and they just big giant beefy clouds that turn into balls of nothing like it just i found them very boring i mean they were void were prohibited <laughs> I forgot about that joke. Um, so, so did either of you guys roll a Blood Elf or Horde? Or Blood Elf or Draenei? Uh, I rolled both. I wanted to see what their starting areas were like. Um, I, I I, don't mind playing the uh, Blood Elf. Uh, I, I actually, um, when I do go back to WoW at the current time, I actually have a Blood Elf Paladin uh, named Tamarna I play. Mm-hmm. Notice the name, Tamarna Tan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I actually, I, I really enjoy playing uh, female Draenei, too. I, I, I like just their look of them. Sexy goat goat ladies. But any, anyone who's, you know, seen the stuff that I watch and read for manga and anime know that I like my monster girls. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I I love Silver Moon. It's one of my favorite places in the game, and it's also a place in the game where I feel a true truly feel like I can be alone because there's hardly anybody there. Um, the layout of Silver Moon City leaves something to be desired because it feels like they put everything convenient as far away as humanly possible, including having the flight master outside the town for some reason. I don't know what motivated that decision because they don't it's like want that. bird poop in the in the city see i i don't know if it's <laughs> something about you know wanting to let pvp players kill the flight masters so that it inconveniences people or some i don't know i want to ask them why did you put all the flight masters outside but um aesthetically, well, the, flight master, the flight master for alliance is actually down inside no i meant for the tbc towns at least oh um, yeah but um, as that that being said, 
I, I like the the Silver Moon area aesthetically. It's loud as a little kick that leaves be something to be desired. Um, I absolutely hate the Exodar because I feel like they not only spread everything out as far and wide as humanly possible, but then they also add uh, layers to it so you can't tell like if what you need to go to do is uh, up or down on the map and back then they really didn't have the markers that they have now that kind of explained that stuff a little bit better so um, you ask a guard where something is and you see it on your map and you go there and you can't figure out why it's not there and it's because it's on a different floor but good luck trying to find the entrance to that different floor well, and I mean, part part of that, though, is, I mean, once you play through the dungeons that were associated with um, uh, the Exodar, you know, the Botanica, uh, the Mechanar, forget, forget what the third one was called, but, um, you know, those three dungeons, it makes sense why it kind of is the way it is. But bear in mind, I, I was a scrub back then, and I True. didn't do a lot of dungeons at the time. So talking about this has reminded me of a how much i must have loved the game at the time and b how much i remember uh but i really liked the areas for the beginning of the blood elf i don't recall any of the issues moving from place to place but that was because i didn't have faster mounts yet so i remember all the uh, like the colors of silver moon eversong woods uh, ghostlands because everything was so far away i just remember walking for too long which reminds me of any time you die at least as a blood elf it feels longer than if you die as any other race especially at the beginning because it, it would take like eight minutes of you know okay you've died here now you have to walk around go up a spirally path get up to the top of the building it just took forever to get back to your body mm -hmm. i i remember that too um i <laughs> I was also reading that the uh, beginning experience in the Blood Elf and Draenei areas, um, that they tried to be a little bit more tutorially than they were in Vanilla. And, I, you know, that being my first experience, I can definitely see that because I, I I felt like I got a better grip of the game there. But then now nowadays, they, they, they like hold your hand the entire way. Um, with that kind of stuff, like showing where you can get your first spells and what, well, I guess you don't really get them anymore since you uh, don't have trainers anymore, but you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, they were kind of dipping their toe into appealing to be MMO beginners and the more casual player, but they weren't quite there just yet. Yeah, I feel Mist was where they really excelled on that, if you played a panda. Mm -hmm. There's something I don't think anyone missed. Trainers. Yeah, especially since every city back then didn't have all of them. Yeah, you had to go to specific cities, and in some instances, depending on what class you were, it was like the complete opposite end of where you flew to. So it was mm -hmm. like a 10-minute walk around just to get to your trainer. I, I, think, didn't do, I didn't do a lot of crafting, so... Um, yeah, uh, I Class think... trainers were still a thing, too, then, huh? Yeah. 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 And this was also the first major... Uh, city player hub that they had because i mean in the in the old world you could have um you had like three different faction cities you, you could hang out in and this one was like the full player hub where 
pretty much everybody was. Um, and and the interesting the decisions that they made, like no auction house in the major player hub, because the, their excuse is that it's going to make the towns uh, um, ghost towns. But they were like that anyway. Yeah, yeah most people. Yeah, because most people went and hung out in the uh, old towns because they had or they would hang out in the new one because, you know, it made it easier to travel to Dungeon X or Raid Y or group quest thing or a world event going on in this area. I could be crazy, but didn't uh, Silvermoon City have its own auction house that was separate, like a neutral one? No. Okay, because I thought there was there like there was the main one you could reach it from any city, but I no, uh, uh, Silvermoon City had just two auction houses. The only places that had neutral auction houses were Goblin Cities. Yeah. So the... and I don't remember. Did Area 52 have a neutral one? I I want to say it did, but it's been so long that I honestly don't remember because neutral auction houses and retail now have just pretty much died. Like every every auction house is uh, just one house now yeah yeah every, every single auction house in the game is all con- all connected so trying to remember which ones were not connected back then is kind of a pain now because it was like what a decade no, it, it just had to do with the neutral ones back then so um weren't the horde and the alliance ones also separate uh that was okay so that was still in classic um by burning it was either burning crusade or um uh lich king i forget which one they just combined it by faction oh yeah because that's right because it's each each auction house was separate and then they combined it by faction but then very recently they uh combined it they combined both the horde and alliance ones because of you know diminishing player base yeah they, they've combined all of them at this point yeah so no actually uh area 52 did not have a neutral auction house so okay I could have sworn it did, but it makes sense that it didn't. See, what what else have we not talked about? There's a quest where you fought Megatron. I don't remember that quest. It was in Netherstorm. Ah. It was it was basically like a giant black and purple Fell Reaver. I from what I remember, I'm trying to think cuz I only did the Blood Elves stuff uh, for new starting areas. I'm trying to remember how seamless it felt compared to playing through classic they added on those areas to existing parts of the map because outland is completely separate and it felt like it was a wholly contained area but like eversong woods uh, i remember ghostlands i don't i think it was kind of jarring how it attached to the rest of the continent if i remember yeah because well and, and that's the thing so the two Drenai islands were islands so when it shifts from this when it basically has like the server screen shift it feels natural but because ghostlands is tacked right up on the north side of the map you're doing a fight point and you're flying like from ghostlands to uh, lordaeron or undercity and you, you hit that screen and it's like wait what it, mm. it kind of breaks up your little mental flow as it as it were yeah and um, people complained about that back in the day too, saying that it felt really jarring. And was Ghostlands the one that was attached or really close to the starting area of the Night Elves? No, no that was okay. Ghostlands was close to Eastern Plaguelands. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, it was the Azure Mist Isles that had the link to 
um, tell Drassil at the time. Uh, it might have just been the way I, I leveled one of my characters. Uh, it probably wasn't even a blood elf, but I just remember being ganked a lot by night elves close to their starting area. There's like a level 20 to level 30 of like horde could go there but there weren't that many quests i don't remember what the area was i ash thought it was coastlands ash and fail yeah because i remember when the achievement system popped trying to go there to fill out my map and i was on the boat ready to go and there was a bunch of alliance there and they decided that they was just gonna you know kill me and i had feigned death to avoid getting killed and there was that achievement called make love not warcraft at the time where you had to hug a dead player so i hit feign death and get about 80 hugs because they think i'm dead yeah. oops and, and and then i actually died, <laughs> and then then I died. yeah so i mean we didn't really talk about the music but you guys said that you didn't really pay attention to some of the music oh well, um for for me i i, I for, first there's there's one big issue wow has with music is that although you, since then they have allowed the option to make it this way is it doesn't loop so it'll play for a little bit stop and then it won't play for a while and then it'll play again it's not constantly looping now there is an option now that allows it to loop but i don't know if that has always been there or if that was added because i don't pay attention to music and wow it's to, to me it's always I was always listening to something else, um, or um, once I found out about it, there's a mod that is co was called Soundtrack, which allowed you to customize um, what music played within the miniature areas of each zone. So, um, like, my favorite memories of Karazhan are hearing Sophie Alice Baxter's, um, you know, who's an English pop star. I'm trying to find the specific song that would play. Oh, uh, me and my imagination, you know, going through Karazhan. That is what I know of wild music is not wild music. There's a, one instance now, it could just be my memory placing music onto it, but there's a series of mini quests that are, I'm pretty sure in Eversong Woods, where you're inside a little uh, trench of land that has a, like a part of the scar, so it's dead land, and there's like a constant wave of scourge coming down, and there's like a high-level NPCs at the end to prevent them from getting too far in, mm -hmm. but it, it's... Like I remember there being some epic music there, like something like it almost felt like a horror game for a second because you start walking down there and suddenly thirty scourge are running at you. But yeah. I, I I don't know if that was in-game music or not. Um, so I remember absolutely falling in love with the Blood Off starting areas music. Uh, I've ever sung Woods because it had that kind of low cello music and. I don't know what the string is. I think of a harp sound. So low cello and harp sound, which just made it, the whole thing feel very, very mysterious, mm. but still very uh, calming and soothing. And that's kind of how that whole butt off area was because you've got the, it's, it's autumn and there's these beautiful spires and makes it just such a beautiful area. And, I've rolled Blood Elves just to go listen to those songs or to listen to that particular song. Uh, Karazhan, I also thought had pr pretty wicked music with the harpsichord playing. Uh, makes it makes that whole area feel really fancy. Though, um, full, full disclosure, I didn't listen. To, I listened to that on the soundtrack, not necessarily in game, because I never really did Karazhan. Because you know, once again, I'm I'm a scrub. 
that's bad at WoW, uh, that never did a lot of ratings, so... I did go back in the Karazhan later to get the mini pets, but not at the time of TPC. Um, trying to think of other areas, songs that uh, that I really stuck out to me. Um, I don't know, because a lot of the Outland is kind of a wreck, uh, a lot of the, the background music is more ambient than anything mm. in this expansion, so I don't find a lot of it memorable. But the stuff that I do find memorable is pretty cool. Now that uh, you've been mentioning the Eversong Woods area is the music I'm thinking of. I want to say, you guys can correct me if you know more, uh, when you find out towards the end of Eversong, like, what happened to, like, the world around it, there, like, you get some lore from the top of this bigger building that uh, it's like a enclosure and it's like here's some lore drop and then i remember it becoming really melancholic for a little bit is oh, there that, uh that's that's actually in ghostland yeah oh. because uh, this has the lament of the highborn quest where you you go to with one of the windrunner spires and do a quest where you get a locket yeah. and uh, then you, oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's ghostlands uh, so it wasn't ghostlands but yeah i definitely remember the like taking all the chords from everything throughout silver moon and ever song because it still felt similar to what we listened to to that point and making it more melancholy just it hit me at least a bit when I first played through there. Yeah, I can see that. Lament of the Highborn is is a very popular song. I mean, a lot of people go do that quest just to hear that song, and I, mm. I think at one point you're you're able to get a uh, locket that's a toy that actually plays the song, mm. which is cool. Um, yeah, that oh, that's burning. Uh, that's TBC. Uh, no, that's um, Lich King. We will discuss that next next year uh, okay um but yeah the, the idea that you can do a quest and have an npc sing a song for you was unheard of to me back then so when i had that happen it was like okay th this game is pretty rad i'm trying to remember what the legendary weapons were for the burning crusade um lord all fury of the stars i know that one because that's the legendary bow that drops from kill Jaden. Yeah, and it, at the time, its special feature was that it didn't need ammo, which was a godsend for hunters. And uh, I, I get it long after the fact, and it's like, oh, well, we don't have ammo now anyway. This is... But at least you can uh, use it for trans, for transmog now. Yes. Yes, that tends to be my default transmog. I love that bow. It is so cool looking. Oh, and then there were the Warglaves, Ilden's the, the Warglaves. Uh, uh, now, that one pisses me off. Um, and we're getting into modern stuff, but I have to get into this. So when they added demon hunters and, you know, a lot of warriors and rogues had those war glaives uh, just because they thought they were cool. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were never transmogable because they were a, a unique thing. Well, when they made legendaries transmogable, that was the one set that they didn't do because you had to go beat Illidan in a time-walking dungeon before they could be transmogable, which I think is stupid. I, I think if you took the time to farm up the Warglaives back in the day, you shouldn't have to go do an extra step to be able to transmog your Warglaives. I mean, I've got some of the challenge mode weapons from Legion, so I'm I'm, I'm good. I mean, I, I don't know. My, am I bitching to bitch, or do, do I have a point? No, I think you have a point. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> If I recognize any of the legendary weapons, I brought up a list. And... Well, the list is a little bit inaccurate only because 
during the fight with Kael'thas, or Kael'thas, 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 in Tempest Keep, he, he's, you get some that are specific to that fight. Yeah, and then they get taken away from you, and I get sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, they were specific to that fight. They, they had, and they didn't have any unique looks. They were all looks from other weapons in the game. Yeah. Um, but you know, me bitching about the Wargraves, I think, is another thing of uh, gatekeeping that they're trying to do so that not everybody, because so many people have those because they farmed that old content that they don't want everybody having Wargraves uh, on their characters. And I, th- I think that's kind of dumb. At, at this point, it's just an appearance. And I think if you if you took the time to farm them up, then you should be able to wear them. But I, I will get off my soapbox now um well i have one but it's specific to miss of pandaria so we're three years away from that comment yeah um what else oh the the hemet desing wary quests did you guys do any of those yeah good but i because i happen to skip i have to skip over so many quest line like dialogue it does, didn't really resonate with me, but I remember having to move around a lot for it. I, I just love any time Hemet Nesting Warrior shows up because you know you're going to end up k- killing a bunch of animals in droves and <laughs> then having to fight a big animal boss and they, they just ramp it up every time they stick him in a game. Um, also, if you're a leather worker, you can make a butt ton of money doing his quests. Yeah, I unfortunately uh, chose her uh, alchemy, so I just ran off a lot and picked up herbs. Yeah, I'm a engineer, which doesn't make money ever. So, but I get cool stuff. I I pull the weeds and hit the rocks. Um, at the, though at the time I was a leather worker, uh, just because I was told that 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 was what hunters should be, but then mm-hmm. discovered engineering because of uh, guns, and it's like, a, yeah, I I want to make big guns mm-hmm. for my character. Um, so you like big guns, and you cannot lie. No, no other no other hoarder can't deny. Okay, well, I, I think we're getting close to the round table, um, unless anybody has anything else that they want to contribute for, um, I, I don't know, uh, s- stuff in the game that we didn't bring up. Um, I, I mean, it, uh, there's one area that I don't think we really touched on that uh, I just want to mention about how much they brought into it, and I have to remember its name now. The Sands of Time. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Caverns of Time, you mean? Yes. Uh, that didn't play as big. Uh, I mean, what about Mount Hygel? Uh, I mean, Mount Hygel was just them redoing the last fight of Reign of Chaos. Uh, it Honestly, this, the whole Caverns of Time thing played bigger role during cataclysm true but there there was still a like with the aesthetic i just of, remember having to do it for attunement quests for um for karazhan things like old hillsbrad and old strathholm in comparison to how everything looked aesthetically in uh burning crusade made them stand out that way and it was neat that they added the instances to an area that wasn't brand new. So, like, there, there, there weren't just instances in the Blood Elf starting area or in the Outlands. They they brought something to an area that you could... Like, it brought you to WoW Classic again to a point, like the Classic areas. 
but it's minor in the long run. Uh, but I I always found Caverns of Time to be very interesting. In almost every expansion, they add something cool to it. Mm-hmm. I can agree. I I can agree with that sentiment as far as them adding something cool to it. Although I don't know if they will add anything further to it now or not. But hey, if you've ever wanted to commit genocide and call a whole town, you get to help Barthas call Stratholme. Yeah. I mean, you did that in Warcraft 3. Yeah, that's true. For for people that never played Warcraft 3. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to have another musical interlude, and then when we get back, we're going to do the round table where we can get into our personal thoughts about a lot of the things because I've had to bite, bite my tongue not say what my favorite things are so that we can roundtable it um, which I know is hard uh, but we try so stick around we'll be right back Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now getting into our personal thoughts about World of Warcraft, The Burning Crusade, our favorite things, things we did during our life at the time, uh, our mains, our raids, that sort of thing. So I, I have to ask you guys, uh, what was your favorite area in the Outlands? I, I loved Mushroom Land. I just, I just like the look of the giant stalks of mushrooms towering over you, looking, you know, looking up at seeing these just huge mushrooms. The fact there were towns, you know, towns built on top of the mushrooms. The fact there were mushroom people you could talk to. Mushroom, I loved Zangar Marsh. Not gonna lie. If you could do mushrooms from Zangar Marsh, would you do mushrooms? I don't do drugs. Okay. Would you like to see how I make hook mushrooms in Zangar Marsh? What were you saying, Dalindar? I was like, if you could see how someone else would react to being on mushrooms from Zangar Marsh. See, I would do that. So I'll do the mushrooms, and you guys can watch me, because I'm brave like that. Okay. Okay. Um, What was your favorite area, Dalindar? Uh, Mine, I've alluded to it before. I was a big fan of Warcraft 2, just how the Hellfire Peninsula looked like it was straight from there. So just the way that the, the colors all mixed, the, the uh, portal in the background just was what brought me to enjoying uh, Burning Crusade and World of Warcraft uh, to begin with. And I grew to love a lot of the other areas from there. So I'll go with Hell, Hellfire Peninsula. So my, I don't know if mine's weird or not. I thought it was an interesting contrast going from all of these areas that just look like they're about ready to fall apart or, you know, look like they're straight out of a a Roger Dean painting of hell, as it were. But then you go to Nagrand and and my husband described it like this, and I agree that the grand is like literally Winnie the Pooh land because of how bright, bright and colorful it is. And because of that, 
Grand ended up being my favorite area, not only because it was the prettiest area, but because um, I just I found a lot of stuff neat, like finding the floating islands, including the one with the there was one with the skeleton and an apple next to it, implied that implying that Warcraft has an Isaac Newton that died because an apple fell on his head. That was brilliant. I mean that that is a Blizzard level of Easter egg right there. Yeah, and then that that huge field down south with, with the huge kind of egg shaped thing that I'm blanking on the name of Oshagon. Oshagon, yeah. Yeah, yeah Oshagon, um, which I think was was that supposed to be a dungeon at one point and it just never happened. Um, no, it's actually. Um, an Eridar spaceship. Okay, gotcha. Um, um, and they actually, um, when you play Warlords of Draenor, you actually get more of that than. Yeah, I knew that. Um, I just, I, it's been 14 years, so I didn't remember a lot of Oshagon, but th- that whole area was just a neat area. And then, like I said, the, the Nessingwary quests, um, the, the quest where somebody clearly crashed into a tree and you have to like get something out of the tree for them, which is kind of cool. And you know, even though how the was the plane, on the plane, yeah, the snakes on the plane, definitely. That was a thing at the time. And then, oh god, watch it all. And, and even though I hated waiting for Halal to open, I liked that whole chasm thing. Not necessarily when I was falling into it constantly. <laughs> um. Just so many different cool little sub areas in the grand, and then finding out from Vaughn when because he, he read a lot of the books that you know the grand is supposed to, supposedly a place so huge that it takes like a week to traverse on foot. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those pl- types of places in WoW where the scale is much much smaller than what we see in the game, mm-hmm. or much much larger than what we see in the game. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it but it's like. I go there and it's like, yeah, I could definitely see this huge plains area, inspired area taking days to get through. Uh, and and then you've got, you've got the what was it the arena of what was the the they've had arena trials ring of trials. I, I was trying to remember what the name of it was because they've been in several different uh, expansions and names them something different every time, like the arena of pain or bowl of blood, yeah. and I'm completely blanking on the actual name of it now. Yeah. I think it is Ring of Blood. Uh, on the Wowpedia, it says the Ring of Trials. That's Okay. Yeah, I think that one's the Ring of Trials. Uh, different one's the Ring of Blood. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Ring of Blood is what it's called in Warlords. No, but, I, but the... I, think that, I think Ring of Blood's the one in uh, Blade's Edge. Okay. But it has a goblin and an ogre, and it's always like huge arena fights. That show up in pretty much every expansion. Oh yeah, I, I love them in a different expansion, but I, I, that's that's going to be several years down the line. Right. So, um, I, I guess uh, sorry, I went really long winded there, but I had to talk about all of my favorite areas in my favorite area, and I know when Vaughn still programmed uh, mods. Vaughn's my husband, by the way. Um, his he, where he would go to program would be one of the floating islands in the Grand. He'd just p- kind of pick a spot off to the side, get on the island, um, sit his tarn down, and just get to work programming. Because he said it was a very peaceful place to program. Uh, a, a grind's a great place if you just want to chill. Mm-hmm. Definitely. At that point, definitely my favorite place to chill in-game. So then, we've got... Uh, what was you guys' favorite dungeon and or raid? 
I'm trying not to just give the cheap answer of all of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I spoke during the podcast about how, especially with uh, Burning Crusade, it felt like every single one of them was unique in its own way with how they presented the uh, bosses you fought, the way the maps were laid out. But uh, trying to think if I can grab one in particular to go into uh a bit more detail on okay while you're doing that and and bear in mind i did more of this one uh after the fact but i still think karazan is one of the neatest raids they've ever made i mean to the point where they they put it in the card game and then brought it back in one of the expansions as a mini dungeon um but just going through this mansion and then going to an opera and having the opera be diff- different uh, different public domain stories like uh, Wizard of Oz or Little Red Riding Hood or what have you. Um, uh, Come to me, kind of, little girl. Yeah. Come and, to and, me. And, you know, seeing some of the mechanics that they did, like, you know, the scarecrow fearing you. Or was it the lion fearing you? Uh, lion. Yeah, the lion fearing you. Um Plus the mini pets I got from that dungeon, which was excellent. Uh, one of my favorites being the uh, little bad wolf that you get from that. And I'm sorry, it was runaway little girl, runaway, oh. but whatever. Oh, I didn't realize that's where that came from. Yeah, runaway little girl, runaway. Because now every mod uses that. Yeah, the reason was um, Karazhan's also my favorite raid. I, uh. I did a lot of Karazhan. Uh, both as um, um, main, t- bo- both as off tank and main tank. I have a lot of stories in, in Karazan, so. Um, but uh, yeah, so that came from that uh, from the big bad wolf fight on the opera, and the reason it is such a big m- meme is uh, so when the big bad wolf would do that, he would chase a targeted character around the room, mm-hmm. and he would slowly speed up, so you had to run away from him. And that's how come it is such a meme and used in all the mods for, like, getting out of stuff, is because you had to get away from him. So, Which I have no issue with it being used for mods and stuff for that, because it's perfectly fitting. Well, yeah, because, I mean, when I hear it, I sure as hell get the fuck away. Yeah, but, uh... But yeah, no. Um, that so I have a number of stories. In fact, I was alluding to this earlier myself uh, for Karazhan because I I love Karazhan. So um, going to you know we were talking about class diversity and raids and whatnot earlier earlier, and so the second fight in that place was Morose, you know, the butler, mm-hmm. and he'd have ads. And so generally speaking, most parties would have a priest with them. Uh, priest had a skill called Shackle Undead. My raid party. <laughs> Had a warrior tank, a resto druid, a bear druid, a shaman, uh, enhancement shaman, a rogue. Sorry, I'm trying to think of four paladins <laughs> and a mage. But no, <laughs> no priest. Can't, can't the paladin not crowd control? I thought they had an undead. They had turn undead, which would allow an undead to flee. Okay. So, so we, but Shackle Undead would keep an undead in place, basically removing it from the fight completely. Mm-hmm. So, we, we had the, we had some of the most jacked up strategies for doing burrows ever. So, like, we would use hunter traps and, like, slowing effects. We'd have, like, 
are two of our rep paladins using turn undead? You know, Does, to... I would think that uh, freeze trap would work. Well, freeze trap would work. Yeah, so we okay. we'd have like a hunter do that. We'd have like our enhancement shaman and the rogue just burn one of the casting ones down, like mm-hmm. just go to town on it and kick its butt really fast. Um, and then me and the the, the other tank would uh, like con- you know control the the boss and one of the ones that had to be tanked in the face. <laughs> you would not believe how many times that fight reset when one of the, the turn on one of the ones we would turn on dead would run out of the room, <laughs> resetting the fight. Mm. So mm. We I mean, I... So but that's the thing. Like I I have no problem going into something with the most unoptimal group trying to figure out ways to do, make it work because that's how I learned WoW is you don't go in with optimized groups. You go in with whatever the heck you can and you get it done with with just block. Well, I mean, to me, that's the fun part of it is trying to figure it out and having a good time. As long as you're having a good time trying to figure it out and, you know, not killing each other. Yeah. It sounds like a blast. I mean, we had a lot. Of, we we had a lot of we had a lot of deaths, but like um, our first kill of a uh, curator, we had four healers. Um, I, the first time we actually killed the last boss, uh, and I was because I was the main tank at that time. Um, I I nearly pissed my pants because all I saw were these. So the last boss, he summons these giant glowing what. Mm-hmm. And as he swings, all you're seeing are these white flashes. And I'm, and I've got my back against the wall, you know, trying to make sure no, you know, that I can't be like critted or anything. And I'm standing there, and I'm just like, I'm freaking out because all I see are these white swinging flashes of light on my screen. <laughs> I probably gave myself away on this now, but whatever. <laughs> and, and and I completely forgot. It's, you've got the chest fight in that dungeon too, which. I imagine what broke up plenty of guilds back in the day. Uh, actually, the chess fight wasn't too bad when it was um, when you had a group because of the fact the cooldown for moving pieces individually was not that bad. Uh. Because if, if you're moving it by yourself, then yeah, it's rough, especially when there was the glitch where... Uh, there was a brief period after one of the expansions where the chess fight was glitched and, like, Morose was moving pieces, like, faster than you could do do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, when you actually had a full group, it, it wasn't that bad. Chess fight was kind of easy. I mean, there's there's ways to cheese it solo, too. It just, it seemed like oh, yeah. one of those fights that it, you had to know what you was doing. Not really. Okay. Not when you had ten people. Well, I I I've misunderstood that fight the whole time. I thought that that was the guild breaker. No, no. Um, no, chess fight wasn't really that bad. Um, I do no. know that I that the tanking sword from that dungeon I did not get until after the expan to like two weeks before the expansion ended. <laughs> and that how and it I, always goes. Yeah, I, I like. No, here's here's what's funny. It's like everybody in my in the guild had it before me. The mages had the sword before me because it would drop on the weeks I wasn't there. I was like, damn it! So and the, and everyone would tease me about having the sword. It was it became a good running joke. I I I, I had good times with that guild. As as long as you can laugh about it. Oh yeah, no, I I I was always good natured about it because it. Just, you know, that's how loot worked in Wiles. You know, sometimes you get lucky and you'll get it first try. Sometimes you won't get it till the week before the expansion drops. Well, you know, you need to have the monster hunter uh, way of wishing for loot, which is just 
tell the world you don't want it. You'll no, get what's it. funny is I had better... By the time I got it, I did have better swords. It was just a running gag at that point. Because I had... Really? I had I had the sword. I had a sword from Magister's Terrace, which was a better sword. Did you at least uh, hang on to it so you could transmog it? Um, I don't. I maybe. I don't remember. Cause boy, any any weapon that I, meant meant a lot to me, I hung on to, and was happy when they did the transmog system that I hung on to those. Oh yeah, no, I have quite the transmog collection in. And while I'm, I have like, I want to say I have like 80 per, I have a very high percentage on Death Knight collection. Excellent. Um, so did you figure out what your favorite thing was down, down there? I know that we kind of gushed about Karazhan for forever. No worries. On my end, due to not playing in any raids that much, I had to think of, because I enjoy the layout map, a lot of the uh, battles, but to try thinking of one that encompasses all of it, in my mind, is uh, Steam Vaults. Oh, because yeah. have so many different colors involved. You have, uh, you're going above, underneath, and around uh, underwater area. So you have just how everything blends together. And it's always been fun to take out the uh, Nagas. So there's just something about it. I remember that first time I, I dove into that huge lake just because I wanted to see what was in there. And I kept going down and down. And my air was slowly running out. And I, I just as I thought I was going to drown, I came up and found that the uh, entrances, entrances to the raids and dungeons yeah. there. And just like, oh, well, this is cool. This feels like kind of a hidden place. I mean, obviously, people go there all the time because there's a raid entrance there, but it just, it gave me that sense of discovery that I love about loved about WoW at the time. I would agree, and I knew there was something odd for drops since you were talking about that from Karazhan, and I thought it came from the Spellcaster first boss, but no. Uh, the second boss is a Mechjaneer Steam Riggers, this big, the, like, the, even its color scheme. It's a leopard, it's a leopard gnome in a, in a mecha suit. Yeah, and it just stands out in such an interesting and funny way. And the drop from that, because I was a healer, is the Serpent Crest Life Staff, which increases healing. So I think that's what I ended up getting and or trying to get for a while and not quite as long, but uh, I think I one time even got the engineering schematic from him. And I'm like, how? As as an engineer, I'm annoyed. If it as wasn't from him, I'm annoyed. I've gotten engineering schematics before. I always end up having. Uh, I always end up putting them on the auction house. Oh, as long as they're by B O E and not B O P, it's not so yes, bad. True. Uh, I don't know on this one. It's Rocket Boots Extreme is for this particular one, so it's bind when picked up. Okay. Yeah, I would have. That would have been just one that I stuck into the sitting. Uh, one day I'll do an engineer, and fifteen years later, I still have never played an engineer. Uh, don't they don't make money. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't make money you need a lot of parts and you need a lot of money for the part arbitrary parts and uh-uh. i mean the results are fun you get cool toys but yeah. it's not a money making profession it's a, I, I enjoy pain profession indeed uh, so uh who was you guys' main during outlands i was a night elf warrior um I was a protection night elf warrior through the majority of 
Burning Crusade. I'm not going to go into more detail, only because um, there's some bad blood with me and some of the people in the guild I was in now at that time. I, I love I loved a lot of the people in the guild, but there's some bad blood between me and them. So I am not going to state the name of my character. Can we, we'll just call your character Cuddles for now. Yeah. Well, if they listen, they'll probably know who it was only because of the story I told. But eh, they'll get over it. So um, it's been 15 years, hopefully. Although one of the, one of the people was kind of petty. So I so was uh, was Cuddles your main from um, Vanilla too? Yeah. Did you swap? Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't start swapping uh, who and what I was playing until. Uh, Lich King. Although I did, I did play a lot of. Uh, I did start playing Resto Shaman uh, a fair bit in Burning Crusade. Uh, my warrior was still my main at the time. So, so what about you, D- Dalandar? Did you have a TBC main? I uh, did. It was a uh, troll priest, a shadow priest that I had made. Uh, through Burning Crusade was the last time I was able to still stay as a shadow priest with just a few healing, like holy priest skills to be able to do like full healing. Once Lich King started, I had to swap entirely to become a healer. But during Burning Crusade, it made going through the solo content just as quick as uh, having fun through the instances because I was able to do more damaging attacks as a shadow priest Mm -hmm. and then still be able to go and uh, run through instances easily because he was slowly gaining the reputation as being a a, uh, competent healer and I never like I love doing all of them so I was like hey you want to do this one you I know you already got the drop from it like I'm fine let's go do it it just was always so much fun for me to experience the uh, journey each time. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> and I, I'm cheating for this question here because my main was my very first character because, like I said, I, I started in TBC. I want to say the first, it was before the patch where they added the shitty voice chat that nobody liked. Mm. No one still I, likes it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, everybody hates it. But uh, at the time, I was like, wait. They're just now putting voice chat into the game. I thought that that was like an MMO staple. Um, we're learning later that WoW is notorious for putting stuff really that should have been in the beginning really late in the game. See, the Guild Bank. Uh, I don't think the Guild Bank was until... Burning Crusade. Okay. I remember. I only remember that because of the fact we were... Uh, I had, uh, One of the officers' whole job was making money for the Guild. Ah, okay. Well, um... So, so my main slash first character was a Blood Elf Hunter. Um, I don't remember that person's name. You remember? You remember the Blood Elf Hunter? Or... No, I still remember the officer whose whole job it was to manage the oh, Guild Bank. Oh, okay. Only because uh, they were a big fan of Final Fantasy VI. Ah, oh, my my hunter's name was Kosurana, a name that I just kind of pulled out of my ass at the time. Um, because, cause like, my handle everywhere is Red Rock, and I really didn't want to use that, um, because that's... Uh, I only reserved that character, that name for a specific character type, because I, I ended up using it in 14, uh, or Final Fantasy 14. It has to be a cat character to be, be named Kosarana, or Red Rock. So I just kind of made up Kosarana on the fly, and that became my main, and... 
uh, I was my husband convinced me to play well because he said, "Hey, you would really like playing a hunter. You can tame cats." And I was like, "Oh!" And he said, "You would really like, and you would really like playing a blood elf because there's cats all over the place here." And I'm like, "Oh!" So um, I need to save the rest of that story for the what we what were you doing in the time of your life when you played uh, the Burning Crusade? Because there's a second half to that. That's kind of funny and i get shit for it every time it, it comes up so we're moving on to that um do you guys have any special memories attached to tbc definitely on uh my ends the, the shadow priest that i made uh was named tambrock and while in uh, the uh, create a character i didn't realize that troll defaulted to the female so i happened to be a female uh troll priest healer but I, maybe it was the way that i uh, responded with genuine questions, uh, conversation, things like that. I had a lot of people that had approached me that I found out later that I don't know ever knew I was male. That would be female telling me about their experiences with the game that they thought I was having with the game that didn't come up quite as much because like maybe they didn't want to piss off their healer, but I didn't have a lot of the same issues that uh, early MMO gaming uh, stories I've heard from women but I ended up making the character originally to play with in real life friends but I had to find new people to play with to go through each of the uh, instances along the way so by the time I reached Burning Crusades content I had already done like 40-50 instances with a few people that became close friends of mine uh, in the game at least and like they stuck around at least through uh, like with me to Cataclysm, but once I dropped off, if by then they hadn't, we never kept in touch. So it's unfortunate, but uh, uh, one of them was a hunter and the other one was a, a tank paladin. And I still remember the two of them. Like We had people come in and out all the time, but they stuck with me as uh, like it helped form how online gaming worked in my mind and it's very unfortunate that my some of my later uh examples of finding toxicity would come from things like uh, league of legends and all the horrible things you hear from that mm -hmm. but i played world of warcraft for years and due to the people i had played with i it just felt like a fun time with friends every day and it made me love wanting to, uh, like the thoughts of Burning Crusade are why I'm willing and want to still play MM or multiplayer games with people to this day. Well, excellent. Sounds like you had a really good experience with WoW for, for the most part. I'd say so. Because that's usually not the case. Usually WoW either uh, you hear horror stories about WoW ruining people's lives or guilds breaking apart because of drama or what have you. Um, my guild just kind of drifted apart um you know people just leave leaving the game nothing wrong with that Get, getting bored and that kind of stuff um T tam do you have any memories i was medically discharged from the navy ah uh, so what you were playing well were you well you were hurt no i was well i mean so i had foot surgery so that's um actually what caused me to get discharged from the military Oh, okay. Um, because I couldn't run. But, you know, I, I was playing it while, you know, in the barracks room at nights, you know, and on the weekends. So, you know, $15 a month, it kept me out of trouble. So, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, um, I was discharged from the military in 2007. So this came out in 2006. So, yeah, I, I was medically discharged from the military 
during uh, during Burning Crusade. Well, at least it gave you more time to play. Yep. Uh, well, after after a month of me traveling across the country. Yeah. Um, so my, my story is that I, 2006 was when I started dating my now husband, Vaughn. Uh, we, we worked in the same office, uh, so we saw each other practically every day, but then, um, you know, obviously we would go home and talk to each other via, uh, instant messenger for like hours on the night when we got home. And at that time, a bunch of the guys at work got into wow and i i think it was because of the south park episode um the the south park episode aired at that time and they all thought it was uh, hilarious so they all started playing and then vaughn got um involved and then he was like well you would really like wow um i was like well my computer can't run it or i i said i want to but I don't know. My, I don't know if my computer can run it or not. And he's like, well, here, why don't you come over to our house, my house this weekend, and you can play it on my computer and see if you like it or not. So it's like, okay, I, that sounds fun. So I, I, I get there and start start playing. I, I roll a Blood Elf. The, um, not the same Blood Elf to this day. I had to re-roll her uh, when I bought my own copy. Because um, I re- learned later that you can't transfer characters from accounts. So, but I, I rolled up the, the prototype Kosarana, put it that way. And, you know, st- started running around. And I, I was going through the quests and all that and having fun. And I fa- famously said, because I was having so much fun, like, wow, no wonder people don't feed their kids when they play this. You know, my kind of uh, dark humor, <laughs> as it were. Um, so, so then you know, I'm running around and I see all these uh, in, these NPC cats running around. And I was like, oh, these cats are so cute. Can I, can I pet them? And Vaughn goes, I don't know. Why don't you right-click on one and see? So I right-click on one, and my character fires an arrow in it, and I hear the, wow, and then it dies. And I'm, I'm sitting there horrified. And, then, and Vaughn is laughing his ass off because he knew that, that that's what was going to happen. And I was like, I didn't want to kill it. I feel so bad. And... <laughs> To this day, he, he he will go, ha ha, you killed a cat, and wow. I'm like, it was just pixels, it didn't count. <laughs> and uh, that starting area for the Blood Elves was also where I uh, got my first hunter pet, the uh, uh, Spring Paul Lynx, that I named Kiki, after my then cat, Kiki. Um, and then when the actual Kiki passed away, I um, retired that pet. Um but I, I took them to Eversong Woods one more time and kind of got them out and did a slash sit with them and just kind of watched, took, took a bunch of screenshots and watched the scenery and just kind of had a, la- a serene last moment with uh, my hunt, my hunter pet that I've literally had had at that point for, gosh, 13 years. Yeah, because it was 2000. No, wait. 12 years because it was 2006 and Kiki died in 2018. So, um, sat with him and then put him in the stable. And I, in my head canon, he's forever in the, in his stable living its best life. Mm. And that ended up becoming a sort of a tradition as I've lost more pets over the years. Um, due to illness and it's and it's kind of a comforting thing and i've posted the pictures to reddit and apparently you know when you play a hunter you get hyper attached to your uh, hunter pet 
especially if you name it after your real pet, because a lot of people are like, man, that's a good idea. I, I'm going to do that when I lose my real pet. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. It just It kind of brings a little bit of uh, closure in a way to yeah. lo- losing a pet. Though so, this is this is a Burning Crusade show. I think it was like Legion when I finally lost Kiki. Yeah, it was Legion. So um, I, I, that's what I associate with uh, first starting out with WoW and at least playing through Burning Crusade. Mm. So... But the right-click on the cat prank, I will never live down. That was a good one. I remember uh, one time my wife was playing uh, while she was pregnant, and my mom was uh, over watching her, and uh, she's playing WoW, and and she has to, and she's killing cats, and my mom, uh, you know, my mom and wife are both cat lovers. My Mm -hmm. mom's like, don't kill the cat, it's like, I have to for a quest. My mom is a, is a little bit of a gamer. She, she's not a big gamer, but she is a little bit of a gamer. So it was it was rather amusing to me. Gosh, uh, uh, this is for the, the next show, but I'm going to tell it anyway because I'll forget by then. Well, um, my mom loves elephants, and I was showing her the woolly mammoths in Borean Tundra, particularly the baby ones. And she's like, oh, those are so cute. You can't kill them, can you? And boy, I had an alignment check because I wanted to be like, I don't know, let me see. Dunk! I guess you can, but I didn't want to make her upset because I don't think she would have appreciated that joke. Now, at the same time, have you come across a game that has right-click as actually petting an animal? Because, like, does it cause flashbacks to Burning Crusade where you right-click to kill? Um, I'm not sure. Well, I know that there are some cat... <clears throat> pets and wow now where uh it like puts a hand over them and if you click on them it'll pet them mm. but i haven't it, like i'm playing final fantasy 16 right now and the pet button is holding down the x button so there's that but I, I, thankfully i've not had any cat killing ptsd since then that's good. But I also had to tell myself it's not a real cat. Don't be that upset. Because mm. I, I mean, I do, I do have legit PTSD when it comes to um, seeing cats get harmed in like movies and stuff. Like, um, even though it didn't actually, it didn't get killed. I had fa- famously had a panic attack at the It movie because they were implying like they was gonna kill a cat on screen, mm. and. <clears throat> I almost walked out of the movie. Luckily, that didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have uh, does the dog die dot com as a book <clears throat> bookmark on my phone, so that anytime I go to a movie, I can check to make sure that there isn't going to be a scene that's going to be upsetting. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, I've <clears throat> I've got that in check. Uh-oh. Can't really tie it easily to anything in World of Warcraft, but the closest uh, I have, like I can usually come to terms with like a pet because it's something in the game. It's something in the game. But there's uh, an instance where if a character in a game asks either you or another character, like, "Oh, can you get me a glass of milk?" and then they leave when you come back, it always makes me very like un- almost uncontrollably sad. Like, why would you do that? It's like you're gone now. Where'd you go? And it only happens in video games for some reason, where it, that that sensation comes up. So I can relate to that aspect of it. 
ab- abandonment issues. Certainly, it's because party members leave too much. I think, right? It's like I really like this party member. Like, oh, just go around the corner. I'll come help you after I fight this fight. You come back and not the mentor. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, too much PTSD from losing Aerith. Pretty much. Well, I do believe that is a show. It's quite a show, <clears throat> indeed. So I think we're done with MMO month. Um, next, till next month. year. Yes, till next year, where we'll do Stormblood, which is kind of uh, 14's week expansion. I don't hear a lot of people crying a lot of praises for Stormblood. And I will then, get into that. Yeah. And then uh, Wrath of the Lich King, which is arguably WoW's best expansion. I'll get into that too. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I am, I am uh, Kelly. <laughs> Not MMO expert, but at least when it comes to these two, I am I am I am a wealth of knowledge and experience. And I appreciate it because my memory is shit lately. So it's good to have some somebody on to help me jog my memory with some of the stuff. Because man, I, uh, I, I'm getting. At least- at least with the WoW, we're more likely to we are able to get some. You know, it's it's not going to be just me sitting here espousing the plot of the expansion. The expansions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, Heavensward is such a story-driven <clears throat> expansion that it kind of made sense to go over it. Well, all of, all of Final Fantasy XIV's are. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I appreciate that game, and I'm glad WoW is sort of starting to take from it. But even then, it's not the best. It could be better, but <clears throat> I'm glad they're at least trying. So that's that. But as far as um, non-MMOs, in uh, um, two weeks, we're going to have Disgaea 6. Uh, <laughs> a strategy game or an idle game, depending on who you ask. Why I mean, not that, both? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not the only one that did it, too. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that's because uh, Super, Super Robot Wars Thirty also did that. Oh, you'll you'll have to. Are, were you going to be on that one? I was, but we discussed me not oh, being okay. on it now. So. Okay. Oh, I'll have to ask you about that later because I'm of curious course. now. But <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting show because um, the game's a little divisive, just a tad. So, so thank you, Ryan, and thank you. Robert, for hanging out with me tonight, taking time off of work. I do appreciate it. <clears throat> Always fun. Always fun time. <clears throat> Thank you, Matt Mason, for editing this so that uh, we, I can get this up. I could not do this show without him because he is the, the editor supreme. And you know, I, I post the show and he edits, and it's the per- perfect little symbiotic relationship. Everything just kind of works, you know? So, um I'm going to call it a night. Have an excellent rest of your week, and um, we will talk at you later. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.